Did you all have a nice Christmas? Well, in our house, we, uh, we kind of canceled Christmas for a day or two. Uh, wife and I were not feeling well. We had plans to go be with our daughter Christmas morning in Molala to be with our son in Salem uh, Christmas afternoon. And we called and said, we'll see you later. <laughs> Another time. As we've been fighting the crud and the flu and whatnot, and, and um, just praying the Lord gives me a, a morning here without a coughing fit and spell, and if that happens, I'll try to meet this as quickly as I can and uh, get through it. So we've been drinking a little cough syrup, the drink of the moment, you know, so, <laughs> so we're celebrating high today. And trust you're having a great weekend and a holiday weekend uh, with uh, New Year's Day today, uh, New Year's Eve Day today. I'd like to share a little thoughts that uh, came my way and was shared by a pastor friend of mine. And he wrote these words. So as the month after Christmas, and all through the house, nothing would fit me. <laughs> I started to grouse. The cookies I'd nibbled, the fudge I did taste, all the ho holiday parties had gone to my waist. When I got on the scales, there rose such a number. I went for a walk. Well, less a walk than a lumber. I remembered the marvelous meals I'd prepared, the gravies and sauces, and beef nicely rare, the pies and the cakes, the bread and the cheese, and the way I never said, no, thank you, please. <laughs> As I dressed myself in a 3X shirt and prepared once again to do battle with girth, I said to myself, as only I can, you can't spend the winter a jolly fat man. <laughs> so away with the last of the sour cream dip, Get rid of the fruitcake, every cracker and chip, every last bit of food that I like must be banished till all the additional ounces have vanished. I won't have a cookie, not even a lick, I'll only chew on a celery stick. I won't have hot biscuits or cornbread or pie, I'll munch on a carrot and quietly cry. I'm hungry, I'm grouchy, and life is a bore. But isn't that what January is for? <laughs> Unable to giggle, no longer a riot. Happy New Year to all, and to all a good diet. <laughs> Sometimes holidays need to be survived. Corey Ten Boom wrote something I'd like to just share. Who can add to Christmas? The perfect motive is that God so loved the world 
The perfect gift is that he gave his only son. The only requirement is to believe in him. The reward of faith is that you shall have everlasting life. Pastor spoke on that same verse just a few weeks back, and I, I thought it was fitting to just kind of remind us of this fact. That the reward of faith is that you shall have everlasting life. I'd like to turn to Psalm chapter 90 when Pastor had asked me to share today and, and preach some weeks back. Earlier in the fall, the Lord had laid something on my heart and my mind that just caught my attention and it just dropped into my heart. And I knew I was to share it, I just didn't know when, I just didn't know where. And when Pastor asked uh, if I'd fill in for this morning, I, I said I'd be happy to, and I think I already know what the Lord is prompting me to share with the congregation today. As we come into this uh, end of the year, it's pretty amazing. All of us have opportunities to kind of analyze our year, think about this past year, and uh, all of us are being prompted uh, to be thinking in terms of Father Time and the, the New Year being dropped on us tonight and the countdown will happen this evening. It's a time to reflect on our life and to even make New Year's resolutions for the coming year and it, it's, it's appropriate to do so. But I would like to share some passages in Scripture I think that helps us put a little spiritual perspective to that process, and hopefully it will do so. And so, I read from Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. I know there's a considerable amount of the population that would like to vote God out of existence. But I can tell you that vote is null and void because God will not accept that vote. He was here before he even formed the world. And I'd like to just break that down just a little bit. What it means, everlasting everlasting. The word in Hebrew, olam, everlasting, means to be concealed, out of view. Time that is so far out is out of mind, beyond, either past or future. And in a practical sense, it means eternity. And in our human language, we have limitations of language to communicate what the brain cannot conceive of. Eternal continuance is beyond human comprehension. Always, my geometry teacher has a particular meaning. 
He ruined me for every exam I ever took thereafter. A lot of professors would ask a question, is this true or false? Well, generally, it's true. But in geometry, it's false because it's not always true. So in my college years, I had to ask myself, do I know this professor well enough to know that when he's asking this question, is he asking, is this generally true? Or is it always true? Always. Has particular meaning. Perpetual. Time without end. So far is that time removed from us. We cannot even see the beginning and the end. If I was to put a dot on a, the wall up here and then draw a line from that dot continuing around the room and just let it continue and follow around the room, and that dot represents human existence in the thousands of years that humans have been alive on this earth that God created Adam and Eve and created us. And today, we are part of that dot. But time of continuance would continue around the room. And millions and trillions of years would continue and multi trillions. And that line never ends. It just keeps going around the room. Around the room. Without end. Without end. In math, you see the concepts, you know, everything always has to add up, right, in math? But even just the figure pi in math, which is the 16th letter of the Greek alphabet, but used to symbolize the ratio of the circumference of a circle to its diameter. And what is that number? 3.14, we rounded off, right? But what is the real number? 3.14159264 on 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 and on Can you understand everlasting to everlasting? In science, we have a picture in space. How far are those stars from each other? Your mind can't even conceive the distance between these stars. Do you know that Psalm 147 says God determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name? 
We don't even know how many stars there are. The Hubble telescope gives us a little picture of parts of our universe. There's another picture. Do you know any of those names? God knows them all. And Psalm 147 continues, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. Mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. A.W. Tozer said, let no one apologize for the powerful emphasis Christianity lays upon the doctrine of the world to come. Right there lies its immense superiority to everything else within the whole sphere of human thought or experience. We do well to think of the long tomorrow. We have a future. Everyone here sitting today, alive and breathing air, and a soul given by God has an eternal future with an everlasting God who loves you so much His love is greater than the universe we know, and we don't even know how far the universe goes. In the last few weeks, I heard an announcement on a radio or television. There was a discovery of a new planet and part of the solar system. I tell you, they will continue to discover and continue to discover, but there is no end to the discovery. I remember in my growing up years, my pastor sharing a couple thoughts that really have always stuck with me. And one of the things he said was that he came to a conclusion in his own mind and heart and spirit and wants to share it with the world that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And the other thing he planned on, he wanted to make heaven his home and take as many people with him as he could. That was his goal in life. That is an eternal view that comes when the Spirit of the Lord comes on your life and it comes upon your heart and upon your mind. And today we celebrate a God who lives in eternity, who exceeds eternity, who existed before time began, I asked my wife one day, do you think God has a Seiko watch? Think about it. Think about it. Heady stuff. 
Herifta. I don't want to spend all of our time just thinking about eternity. And I believe it is an important part of time and a concept that we need to understand as believers that God has a future for you. And a thousand years from today, you are going to be in the presence of the Lord, which the scripture says, in the presence of the Lord, is fullness of joy. Or, as the scripture calls the other place, a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we have a choice. We get the choice. And Jack, someday when God opens that book of life and he's reading names down there, and the next name he comes to is Jack Rance. Brother, you're not going to be able to sit there. <laughs> because when he's calling my name and he says, David, stand back. Woo, 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 woo. Something is going to leap inside of me and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the promises of eternal life and everlasting life that has been given to us. Heaven is a wonderful place. I'd love to spend weeks and weeks just talking about heaven. Spend the whole morning talking about heaven, but I need to talk about other things this morning. Because, as you know, we're not in heaven yet. But eternity begins for your life when you accept Christ as your personal Savior. You are living that everlasting life here on this earth. And it will be yours and given to you forever and forever in his presence where there will be fullness of joy. Takes me to Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. I was thinking about that and I was wondering, how do you number your days? And I realized... Gracious, they've numbered my days already. <laughs> Every one of us has a calendar. I hope you have your calendar for next year. Every day is numbered. So what is God referring to? He says, number your days. In the NIV and in the King James, it says, that we are teach us to number our days aright, correctly, properly, is what it's referring to, to do it right. In the message it says, oh, teach us to live well. That we may gain a heart of wisdom. So I was thinking about that and asking the Lord, Lord, put on my heart, what, what is it you're trying to say to us? And I really believe that God wants his people to be prepared and ready to live life to a full and to your full potential as believers, as people who walk with God and live with God and know God who is 
everlasting to everlasting. And there's some things about God that I think is so precious. One of the things is that there is nobody more organized than God. How many of you are organized challenged? You're organizationally challenged. I got both my hands up. So what is the Lord teaching us about number our days? I want to share five things that, that my financial coach uh, for our family uh, communicated with us. He actually communicated six, but I kind of condensed a few things. And just share a couple thoughts from him. Then I want to make it a practical application for us. Number one, he says, get organized. Whoa. There's a good plan, right? <laughs> get organized. The best time you will spend is the time you spend organizing yourself. Number two, take action. Because he shared procrastination can rule our lives. None of us have ever done that. Number three, set a goal. Because the goal gives us energy, the goal gives us hope. So when you become organized and you determine to take action, and you set a goal, have a plan. Then, number four, you need to measure your progress. So a goal has to be something that you do and say that you're going to do that can be measured in progress. Because you need to know if you're going forward, you're going backwards, you're going sideways, or you just stalled, right? So you have to measure. And then number five, celebrate the successes. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> Enjoy the process. It's needed for fulfillment. It's needed for appreciation of life. So it's important to take moments to be thankful Take moments and, and reflect on your progress and enjoy. And I say all of that just, just as a, a means to get us to some point. Because I want a little be a little practical for us here today. I want to share a story with you that happened for Adrian and me. One day in a place where I was ministering, I had one of our older ladies call me on the phone and say, Pastor, I'm just at my wit's end. Well, I'd never been to my wit's end. I never had any wits. So I, so I said, okay, well, let's, let me come over and talk. And so I invited my wife to, to join me, and we went over and talked. And, and I said, Gloria, what's, what's happening? What's, what's going on? She was a gentle soul, loved to be helpful, an elderly lady, retired, 
and uh, love to help people. Just a very caring, loving person. And she began to cry, and she says, I've got people calling me and wanting me to do things, and I want to do them, but I'm just being overrun with things to do for people. Oh, what do you say? Oh, there's no hope for you either. You just have to tell them no. Well, there's a plan, but that's not going to work for her. She's just one of those loving, caring people I have a hard time saying no. And the Lord put something into my heart and my spirit, and I said, Gloria... Would you ever tell God no? No. No. So if you had an appointment with God, would you ever break that appointment? Oh, no. I said, Gloria, why don't you take out your calendar? Open it up. And get on your knees before the Lord. And I want you to pray and ask him to tell you what appointments he'd like to make with you that other people can't usurp and take away from you. Light bulb came on. She grinned. She said, I can do that. I can do that. Are you making appointments with God that you don't allow life to break or break down? Everybody needs a time away. And I'm, I'm loving the fact pastor is away and has some time away. I'm sorry he had to move. On his week off. How I many of you love to move? <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about. As we make appointments with the Lord, it's because you need it. God made an appointment with himself one day, and he said, this is the seventh day, I'm going to rest. But there's some of us, workaholics, and we don't take time for ourselves. We don't take time off. We don't take time with God. You're going to crash and burn. You'll crash and burn. Because it's important for us getting organized in our life to realize God's number one, I need to set aside some time with him. Wife and I have been going through some uh, devotional materials this past year that have just been charging our batteries and just so exciting. This last summer, we went through a book entitled uh, 50 Days of Heaven by Randy Alcorn. I highly recommend that. And you say, well, I don't have a devotional time. 
hey, let me make a recommendation. 50 lessons. So all the lessons are about two or three pages long. Fifty days of heaven, reflections that bring eternity to light. There's things about heaven I never knew. And even thought about. So exciting. It charged our batteries. This Christmas season, Adrian and I have been going through and Van what's her name? Lost Camp. Devotions on a Christmas devotions. And readings and time together and this is our moment this is our time you can't have it <laughs> it's given to us and it's given to God you need it God wants you to have that time moments with him and devotion and meditation with him and I trust that you will determine this year when you get on your knees before God Lord I, I need to make some appointments with you that I need to keep. I'm telling you, you need time. I have a friend who has grown teenagers in their, in their 20s. When they come home, and they're at home, she said her house is a bustle you just can't believe. Finally, she grabs her keys, and she says, oh, I'm going to be out for a little while. And they said, where are you going? Bring me a, a coffee. She said, not going there. Sorry, I'm going out for a while. She gets in her car, drives up the road a ways to a church parking lot, pulls in, turns off the key, and sits for 20 minutes to a half an hour just to gather her own sanity, her own mind. You need it. She needs it. Meditation is prescribed in Scripture as primary and important in our life because it's our connection with Him. It's our connection with ourselves. I'd also like to talk about the way we invest time. Take that calendar. Pull out your bulletin. And say, oh, some life groups. I'm going to put that on my calendar. And Tuesday ladies, Bible study, I'm going to put that on my calendar. And the church needs people to work in the sound booth. Oh, I think I'm going to talk to David. Put that on my calendar. There are opportunities to serve. There are places where you can invest your life in the church, in God's work, in life groups, in fellowship groups, in ministry opportunities. We used to go in here. Make it a priority. Schedule your time. God loves your time. There's a lot of God's word that talks to us about taking care of our time, taking care of our finances, and honoring him with our time and our finances. We need to pay attention. 
I want to conclude this morning with something I heard which sparked this whole message in my heart when Karen Lawson wrote, Let us therefore stand in awe of our God who inhabits eternity and hold time in his hands. Make good use of your time. Make good use of your New Year's resolutions. Get on your knees. Because if they don't start there, you might be going the wrong direction. There's a lot of good things you can resolve in your life. But God, in our spiritual growth and our walk with him, wants us to grow in favor with him as well as those around us. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with, with God and man, Scripture says. We can grow in our spiritual life. And on this New Year's Eve, I want you to party, have fun, put on the hat, blow your toot, your horns, wear your big old 2018 goggles. But remember appointments with God. And be sure to follow up on appointments with yourself. Because God has plans and purposes for you that last through eternity. Shall we stand together? Father, we stand in awe of you. You had shown yourself in Scripture as our Father, as God the Son, as God the Holy Spirit, and we welcome you, gift, into our lives for the new year. Make us what you want us to be. Draw us close to you and help us to understand our place in eternity. And we give you thanks.